This episode is brought to you in part by The Table Podcast from the Hendricks Center at Dallas Theological Seminary. I'm Daryl Bach, one of the hosts, and I invite you to join us as we discuss issues of God and culture, which includes anything and everything. Listen on your podcast app or at dts.edu slash the table. You're listening to episode 58 Ooh la la. of the In-Between Podcast, where you'll discover ideas to build a strong, connected, and joy-filled marriage and family. My name is Daniel M. And I'm Christina M. Today, we are going to be talking about dating your spouse in every season of life. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> we love date night, don't we? Oh, of course. <laughs> Even when we have to do it on the cheap. Yes. We still got to make it happen. Exactly. And so while we've been listening to y'all's stories and just hearing other people's lives, we just realized how busy we are and also that there are a lot of obstacles to overcome when trying to go on a date. So a couple stories that really inspired the topic of today's episode is I was texting with a friend who's actually her daughter is our main babysitter. Mm -hmm. So it's just asking if her daughter is available to babysit for us in a couple weeks. And she was like, yeah, 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 sure. And she's like, I also wanted to say something else. She said, I am so inspired by y'all that you really continue to want to invest into your marriage and to make date nights happen because for some reason we just don't we mm. just we just have never or you know we used to and then life got busy and all of that so she's like thank you for inspiring me to do this hopefully that means she's then gonna go on dates right i think so yeah okay i hope so <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's have inspiration move to action there right? you go <laughs> yes. yeah and there's another story about a woman who approached us during uh when we were speaking at a marriage conference mm-hmm. right Yeah, she was mentioning that her daughter, her youngest, is 18 years old and is about to go to college in the fall. And she was like, honestly, Christina, I'm a little bit afraid. Mm. And I was like, yeah, I know. It's hard to let our youngest go and fly the coop. And, you know, it just means that life is changing. And she's like, actually, I'm really afraid to see what happens to our marriage because there are no more distractions. It's just my husband and I now. And we can talk about the kids here and there, but really it's going to be time to look more inwards at each other versus outwards and focus on our kids yeah and honestly we drift right and i mean when you when you're dating your spouse well not your spouse when you're dating your boyfriend or girlfriend Mm -hmm. and and moving toward marriage i'm sure you never had this idea or this hope hey 15 years later or 10 years after we get married we're gonna stop having dates because we can have sex whenever we want and, you know, we're always at home or, you know, I mean, it's like, oh, I don't need to try as hard. Yeah, I'm going to exactly. let myself go. And and I don't think I mean, no one's aspiration is that when you're dating, even when you're engaged and when you're newly married, it's just that's where we end up if we don't try. Exactly. We drift. For sure. And I think that's just the currents of life. Right. Mm. If you are in an ocean and you're just in a little floaty there's no way you're going to stay in the same spot. No, right? You're going to drift further and further and further away from the shore. And so that's the same with life, that if we don't swim against the current of life, against the current of busyness, against the current of distractions, then one day we're going to wake up and realize, oh my goodness, like, who is this? Who is this person that I committed my entire life to? Like, Who is this stranger? Yeah. And part of our mission for the podcast is to build strong, connected, and joy-filled marriages. 
right? I mean, that's half of it. So dating, dating your spouse is not a silver bullet, right? It's not one of those things. The be all that's end going, all, right? No, yeah. of course not. <laughs> I mean, to, to have that strong, healthy, joyful marriage, but, but continuing to live life together, to pay attention to each mm-hmm. other, to show each other that we all care for one another, to flirt, to remember what we all fell in love, to dream, reconnect. I mean, all of these plus more are aspects of uh, intentionality mm-hmm. that are going to grow us together rather than just allow ourselves to be pushed by the currents apart. So we wanted to share some seasons in life that I think all of us or most of us have experienced or will experience mm-hmm. and how we can take those seasons of life, even though they may be difficult and time may be short, to help us think about how we can continue to invest into our marriage through date nights. So the first season we thought of was, what if you have no money? Yeah. Right? Date night's expensive. Babysitting is expensive. It really is. I mean, we shared on episode 56 about our story of being there, right? We were unemployed, homeless with a five-month-old. We were living with my parents in one of the most expensive cities in the world. (laughs) Exactly. Right? We were heartbroken. We were, honestly, I didn't know my calling in life. I didn't know really what we We were going to be doing anymore. Yeah, we were poor. (laughs) We didn't have money. Right. And literally and no income coming in. No, exactly. Just income going out. So even though we didn't have money, we really felt like we needed to continue to talk, to check in, to make sure that each other is doing okay, especially when you have hit so much trauma Mm -hmm. and you thought you knew what you were doing. You thought you knew what you were called to and abruptly it ended. So we needed to have the space to cry to be angry Mm. about the situation but to also uh, admit to each other that you know we're committed together even though we don't know what's coming next for us yeah so during that time going on dates was really simple right it was really simple sometimes it might be during a nap where our five-month-old Victoria was sleeping Mm -hmm. and we knew she was going to sleep for a little bit and it's like okay we'll be back in a hour or two thank you mom thank you dad for watching her or it's just let's put her in the stroller and walk until she falls asleep yes exactly (laughs) right so we'd make coffee at my parents house drive to a local park we'd sit we'd talk watch the sunrise walk along the beach uh, we'd even take our dog along right and and find new trails but just ways to to get out and talk So one of my favorite exercises to do with couples who feel like I don't, we can't go on a date because we don't have money. Mm. So this is what I ask them to do. I want them to discuss with their spouse what their favorite date was. And if you can't think of that, then think of what is the ideal date? Like what Mm. is something that you've always wanted to do, Mm. but you haven't had a chance to do? And just talk about that. Maybe even dream a little bit of what your perfect date would be. Then the next step is to give yourselves a budget. So anywhere from like spending $0 to maybe even 20 and see how y'all can come up with ideas to fit into that money cap. 
little disclaimer I would say is babysitting would not be covered because how are you going <laughs> to fit babysitting costs into $20? And we ha- did mention in episode 57 some of the ways that you can trade babysitting yeah, and yeah, do babysitting sure. on the cheap. So make sure to listen to that. But we did also say that gas is included in that budget for this exercise. There you go. Inspiration to action. I think that's something anyone can do. And we, we hope that you can do that this week. So when we did this recently at the marriage conference yeah. we spoke at, how was the reaction? So I made them do that. And actually, I just uh, handed them envelopes. Yeah. Each uh, person an envelope. And I said, okay, look in your envelope and see how much your budget is. And so I put like Monopoly money in. So some had $5, mm. a couple had 10 a bunch had zero. And they're like, what? <laughs> but it was amazing to see what would happen when they were forced to be creative to fit their favorite dates into this newfound money constraint. So I shared one of my favorite dates was when you took me to that cooking class. Do you remember, Daniel, above oh, Whole Foods? Yeah, it was fun, but we were tricked. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I saw it and I was like, oh, you know, we were in this Master Chef kick. Right. And literally the way I read it was it was going to honestly, I read it like it was going to be Master Chef that we were going to be cooking a three course meal, skirt steak with, you know, ceviche appetizer, you know, this whatever mousse or some sort of chocolate dessert afterward. That we couldn't and, pronounce, so yeah, it had exactly. to be good. <laughs> yeah, and all of this other, you know, fingerling potatoes, you know, just all the foodie way of doing it. And so that was the menu and it said cooking class. So I thought we were actually going to go and like MasterChef, cook all of this stuff. Yeah, and be trained to do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So in the end, I thought it actually turned out better, in my opinion, <laughs> where the MasterChef was actually teaching us how to cook this three-course meal. And even, like, I loved how she was showing us the timing of things. And so she's like, well, I would prepare this in advance because this has to sit still. This has to marinate. But this mm-hmm. has to go in the oven there. And she was showing us different ways and hacks to prepare in the kitchen. And we sat there and watched and took notes. And she gave us the recipes. But we also got to eat everything yeah. that she made. So, and it was yeah. amazing. <laughs> so it was it was easier. Not what I expected. But what was neat is, you know, you ever watch like MasterChef and Mm -hmm. you see them cooking and you're like, oh, I want to eat that. Well, we actually got to eat it. (laughs) Exactly. So definitely a really fun out of the box way of having a date together. Okay. But that doesn't sound cheap, Christina. No, it was not. It was definitely not cheap. It was a little bit of a splurge for Valentine's Day. But now let's kind of take that and constrain it into $10. Yeah. How would we do that? Well, I would think that the point was to like spend time together and Mm. cook together and all of that. So we would put the kids to bed. So then babysitting is covered because mm-hmm. we are the babysitters. We are the parents. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> and not then, babysitting yeah. when you're the parent, right? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> and then we would just look through our fridge and look through our pantry and try to come up with some special sort of concoction of a dinner. Yeah. And have that to so cook together and have that together. Yeah. Even if you said, okay, 10 bucks is our limit or or maybe $20, right? Go to the grocery store and say, okay, we have 20 bucks. We're buying what we need for tonight's dinner, right? It's, it's cheaper than going out to a restaurant. Let's find a little piece of meat here. Let's find this, this, and, and just dream together. Even just look up on the internet. Okay, here's a great recipe. Let's go buy the ingredients mm-hmm. and, and learn how to cook it together. 
So you can put on some fun music and dance while you cook. La La Land. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> do, and do, 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 there do, you go. Do. I can already feel like I could chop to that beat. <gasps> and honestly, nothing is sexier, I think, than seeing my man wash the dishes. <laughs> Because <laughs> I feel so loved when I do not have to do that. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the gift of service, right? Yes, yes. And I've received that really well. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. All right. So the second way to date your spouse in every season of life is really during the busy seasons. Uh, why is life so busy? Yeah, remember when they said that as technology increased, our work days were going to get shorter and life was going to get simpler? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I remember they said the that opposite. about the computer. They said that about the printer. I think yeah. they said that about the fax machine. And now we just realize, man, we've been duped. Oh, Because now we can, people can access us or, you know, text us, email us, call us whenever they want. Yeah, exactly. And as you all might remember, I've mentioned it here and there. This last year, I've been working on my third book. We finally landed a title. Oh, what's the title? You Are What You Do. And six other lies about work, life, and love. Oh, that sounds really good. Yeah. So I really talk about the idea of, hey, there are these seven lies that are just around, mm -hmm. that they have kind of popped up, that they have come up out of the surface. And what's caused them to do so is what we call the gig economy, right? So the gig, what's economy, the gig economy. Yeah. So it basically, have you ever taken an Uber or, you know, slept at an Airbnb or, yeah. or sold something on Facebook Marketplace? Yeah, totally. All three yeah. of those. So in all those situations, you were funding the gig economy, right? You were funding oh, okay. if you if you bought and if you used right. all that. If you sold something on Facebook Marketplace or if you were the one driving Uber uh -huh. or for you, Christina, for work, I mean, you're an independent contractor. I am. Yeah. Right. So you are you are a part of the gig economy. Oh, this is special now. <laughs> right? Should Even... I feel special? I don't know. <laughs> is it a bad thing? No, no, no. It's not a bad thing. It's it's just the new normal. It's the new reality that the gig economy in in the US, in Australia, in Canada, in the UK, and those are the countries I found research in. Okay. Uh, year over year, it just keeps on increasing. I mean, in the US alone, I think it's about 40, up almost 40% of the working population. Oh, in wow. the US and Canada. Wow. Is Almost a part 50%. Of the gig yeah. Is a part of the gig economy. So why am I saying all this? Well, when we were going out to Orlando, mm -hmm. our Uber driver, you know, it was Sunday and we were going out to the airport and we were saying, oh, you know, how long have you been doing this for? And it's a great conversation to have, especially because, I mean, it's it's neat to just get to know people. Yeah. Why right? are they doing this? Yeah. Your story. Yeah. And he was like, oh, I've been doing this for a few months and. I've been doing it because, you know, on Sunday afternoons, I mean, I have a job, I have a full-time job, but Sunday afternoons, it's just, my kids are just at home watching TV. I just, I just can't sit around. I just, I'm just going to go out. I'm just going to go out, work, get some extra money. And I'll, I was like, see you kids. I'm going to be back home for dinner. Right. I mean, th that's the reality that we live in now, right? right. It's, you either choose to binge watch Netflix or uh -huh. you go and gig. And you earn a little bit of extra money for whatever reason you have, right? It's just become that new normal that we're not working less, but working more. To get more. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. So then what are the side effects of that? Because I see in some ways that that is a really positive thing mm -hmm. that, hey, I get more money so I can 
buy more stuff for my kids or take my wife on a date or have these different experiences. What is maybe the downside that we're not seeing here? Yeah, the downsides are really the seven lies that I write about in the book. And and ultimately, right, one of the core concepts or one of the core themes is that we're just busy. Mm. Right. We're yeah, busy. I guess we didn't gain more time. No, we didn't to do this. Yeah. So in light of all that, I mean, how can we better date each other in the busyness of life? I mean, first of all, I think we need to full on say that this is continually something that we have to fight for. Yeah. Because we are part of the gig economy. Like you write yeah. at night and I, you know, edit the podcast yeah. and, and all hey, of that. And just to be really honest, right now it's 1135 p.m. On Friday night. Right. And, <laughs> and we are recording we, a podcast. Exactly. We came home from having dinner with friends, put the kids to bed and was like, yeah, we have to do this. <laughs> so we get that, that mm. life is busy, but we have really tried to protect our date night because we see how important it is because our weeks are really, really filled. But like we said, we don't want to drift apart. So for us, our set scheduled date is Sunday night. And the whole Sunday, we practice Sabbath. So we've been resting, we've been connecting, we've been reflecting. Uh, we've gone to church and spent time with our church family and have come and spent time with our own family. And then when the kids go to bed, it's really our time. So sometimes it's, you know, playing a game together. Other times it's just catching up on This Is Us. That's a show that we enjoy watching together. And other times it's just talking and asking questions and praying together and literally just like, wow, I don't feel like I've had much time just to sit down with you. What's going on? How's your week been? Yeah. And it requires a lot of intentionality for us to do that. Right. That's why all it's almost midnight and we are recording because, I mean, it would have been a lot easier for us to do it on Sunday because mm -hmm. tomorrow we're booked up. And right. But Sunday night we're not. But it really does require that intentionality. Of, and okay, to well, protect that time. Yeah, we do. We really do need to do that because one of the other things that we always do not expect, maybe anticipate is the better word. Yes, I would say so. Yeah. Is the, the you know, the double S on Sunday. What's the double S? <laughs> You'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> Sabbath sex. <laughs> oh, I love the double S. Yes, there resting you go. in all aspects. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember being a newlywed couple and like scoffing at the advice that you should schedule sex if you're busy. Like, mm -hmm. how unromantic. <laughs> like, oh my goodness, are you serious? Uh, when are we going to do it? Uh, I got a pencil in Wednesday at six o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Six o'clock on Wednesday. Where are the kids? <laughs> Thank you, friends. Yes. Taking them. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and not saying that sex can't be spontaneous, but especially for those busy seasons, it's really healthy to have an anchor. Yeah. So, like we're saying, not an expectation, mm. but an anticipation. So, I know for me, sometimes it really helps to know what's coming. Mm. I love to plan. So, if I'm feeling really tired on Sabbath, on Sunday afternoon, and I anticipate and I know that we're going to have double S a Sunday night, I take a nap. Yeah. And you just seem to be really, really understanding of that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Isn't that interesting? Yeah, Baby, I'm feeling up. tired. Take it out. Take yeah, it out. Yeah, yeah, go. I'll do whatever it needs to be done. Yeah. You go rest. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. So one of the things that you can do this week is to discuss with your spouse what both of you need to feel connected during this busy season of mm-hmm. life. So maybe you all need to schedule an outside the home date once a week. Maybe it's an inside the home one. Maybe it's a it's a creative date on the cheap. But whatever that is, it's important to have that discussion with your spouse. And I think we also need to point out the fact that we keep bringing up the word seasons. So we totally get that there will be busier times than others. But along with running hard, along with being busy, there needs to be times where there is just more space in your schedule versus everything is time to the minute. So think about this. Think about running a marathon. There is no way that you can start out sprinting and expect to keep that pace mile after mile, kilometer Mm -hmm. after kilometer. There's just no way. You'll pass out. You'll die. You'll have a heart attack. So when I was training before, we would run... 10 minutes and then rest for one and our bodies just seem to understand that we need the slower paces to rest and to recover it really helps us go the distance so that's the same in life that's the same in marriage that's the same in our rhythms that we can't always be running at a hundred percent and expect things to go smoothly yes we have busy seasons but we also need times of rest in those seasons and we also need seasons of The wait is over. Find out what happens in the thrilling conclusion of the 12th Dead Sea Squirrels book, Babylon Breakout. Hi, I'm Mike Naraki, co-creator of VeggieTales, voice of Larry the Cucumber, and author of The Dead Sea Squirrels. Get ready for more daring rescues and hilarious jokes as Merle and Pearl and their animal friends embark on a ridiculous mission to bust the kidnapped Gomez family out of Babylon, a Bible-themed amusement park with talking animals. Young readers will love the nutty misadventures of 10-year-old Michael and his friends and will learn all about biblical life lessons such as forgiveness and friendship. Read all 12 Dead Sea Squirrels books. Available wherever books are sold. Chill. Yeah. Before we talk about our next season, Christina, why don't you tell our listeners about the giveaway we're doing on our site this week? Well, to inspire y'all to go on a date and to maybe plan ahead and maybe to even take turns doing dates, we are going to have a PDF for y'all to have date night coupons that you can fill out and print out and give to each other. So Daniel actually did this for me for Christmas one year, and he chose 12 dates to go to do all around Nashville. There were simple ones. There were ones that, you know, would require some planning and some concert tickets and all of that. But that really was showed so much love to me because I knew that he wanted to invest into our marriage. So we want to give that to y'all for free. So all you need to do is go to inbetween.org slash episode 58 to download those free coupons. Yeah. So there are seasons where there's a lack of finances. There are seasons where we're just busy. And there are also seasons where you might feel like you just don't have anything in common with your spouse. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes it's just the whole opposites attract deal. And you need to put some effort into finding common ground or common interests. Because I think that 
opposite attract thing when you're first dating, when you're first married. That's exciting. That's mysterious. That's like, oh, I don't understand that about this person. I need to ask more questions. Mm -hmm. I need to get them. I need to get to know them more. They're so intriguing. And then year after year, time after time, being so opposite can become draining. It can become a factor of arguments like you don't understand me why are you so different so sometimes it's just a matter of continuing to get to know another and trying to find common ground and trying to find common interests yeah you bring up a really good point christina i mean in our consumeristic culture it's always about what can i get Mm -hmm. how where can i save the most who's going to give me the best deal is this going to be worth my time i mean that's just the way it is right now Mm -hmm. right because we have so much choice Well, if we're not careful, that attitude can actually seep into your marriage. And that's quite toxic to think that your spouse is there to get you something or to say, oh, what can she give me? Or, or I did the dishes, so she better give me, you know, and, and to think about your marriage in a tit for tat for, you know, exchanging things and exchanging favors. And, and I mean, that's just not, you know, keeping that scorecard is just not, not healthy. a healthy place yeah. to be. Yeah, it's I not mean, a good pattern. Yeah, so imagine, right? Imagine what your marriage would look like. And often it goes back to a lot of the, you know, the episodes we had on love and respect. And yes. we'll put that all in the show notes, links back to it all. But it, it goes back to that, that idea of, is your posture that of giving or is it that of taking? Right. If you're coming to your marriage with a posture of taking, well, you're both going to leave drained. Yes. But if you approach your marriage with the idea of giving, then you're both going to be you're both going to leave filled. Right. Because there's we love receiving, but giving there's also a joy in serving and in loving in that way. So one of the things that Christina and I have had to learn how to do over the years is go on dates, but have the other person decide what that date is. Because early on, it would really be, a, oh, do you want to do this or do you want to do this? And we always had to find something that we both agreed on, mm-hmm. right? But what that meant was one person might have been giving up or winning the argument or or having their way most of the time. Or both of us are kind of like, how did we end up here? <laughs> <laughs> Neither of us wanted to be here. Yeah, yeah. So, for example, I love video games. I mean, I really want to buy another console and I just I love gaming but I know it's gonna just kill my time and kill every you know we probably won't be podcasting right now it's like see you later podcast I'm gonna play the Nintendo (laughs) Switch so I know that about myself as a result for our date one of the times we actually went to Dave and Buster's which if you you're not aware of what a Dave and Buster's is it's kind of like Chuck E. Cheese but for adults. So, I mean, yes. teenagers go to. And right. so it's just a little bit older games. And that was really fun. Yeah. I actually really, really enjoy that. <laughs> now, I remember not talking about low budget. Yeah. <laughs> so, Dave and Buster's cost some money. Low budget idea. Do you remember that we brought out like the oldest console? I don't even know what we have. It like yes, in our attic. an Xbox, original yes. Xbox. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That your sister gave us yeah. because she didn't need it anymore. Uh-huh. She got a new one, and we hooked it up to our TV, and I think we played tennis. Yes. Hey, together. Let's. I. I still want to do that. I yeah. Mean, it's up in her so attic. I know where there it is. you go. And yeah. that was. And that was like he still talks about that. Like, oh my gosh, do you remember when we did that? That was so much fun. Yeah, Thank I you was for doing over that. the. Yeah. I was like, oh my goodness, I am playing video games right now with my wife. This is awesome. (laughs) Even we went to the. If I could tell my like 14 year old (laughs) self. 
that this hot woman's gonna be beside no me playing <laughs> the game that I love. Yes. And so that's Daniel's idea of like a phenomenal date. Yes. Uh, surprise, surprise, that's not mine. Yeah, and it wouldn't be fair if I was like, oh, we gotta do that again. Gotta do that again. Right, that's and what always, we do. oh, yeah. date night, oh, we're gonna just play video games. We're gonna try all the video games that I've never got to play in my mm. entire life and do that. No, I definitely enjoy doing other things. And so I really feel like we've learned to have a rhythm of let's discuss what we wanna do together. If we can't really sort of fall into one, Mm, you know oh it seemed like you got to choose last time mm -hmm. how can i choose this yeah, time and yeah. it's like yeah yeah let's do this because really the point is to spend time together so the second part of feeling like you have nothing in common can be a little bit painful in mm. the way that i think it actually might mean i think we're growing apart mm. and that could be for a number of reasons yeah you're right you're right i mean we change Right. I mean, that's just part of being an adult or yeah. being a human is that we change. And sometimes if you're not spending enough time with one another, you can feel like you're growing apart. Right. You can feel that way. But the thing that we need to understand is that our heart can be very deceitful. It's, it's one thing to just follow the emotions of your heart or f follow your feelings and, and you wake up and you're like, oh, well, the person next to me doesn't interest me as much as that other person over there. Right. Or that other person really respects me or or looks at me in a way that my heart flutters, that just I just get so much energy out of that that my, my I don't feel that way with my spouse. Well. If you're married, just remember, I mean, you are not immune to temptation mm -hmm. and your heart can be very deceitful. So when you feel those feelings, one of the best things you can do is obviously turn away from temptation. Right. But it's actually to without feelings, without even wanting to do this, intentionally go on a date, intentionally spend time with one another. We've said this over and over on the podcast. Quality time cannot be conjured up. It cannot be instantly, hey, right now, okay, quality time begins. Starts now. Yeah, right now you're going to look at me the way you did when we were dating, girl. And you're right? going to make yeah. me feel the way you made me feel before. Yeah, it doesn't work like that. No, it doesn't. It, it requires quantity time. If you're feeling that way right now, then just think back. Okay, have you been spending enough quantity time with your spouse? And you know, spending time together with your kids because you went on a road trip and you were just right beside each other doesn't count. <laughs> That's so. probably more stressful than anything. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you did that too many times. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right? So think about it. What does that quantity time look like? And it's not just about sitting side by side with one another. It's sitting in front of one another looking at each other, connecting with one another, not just being busy, but right. going on a walk with each other, engaging, connecting, sharing old stories or whatever it is. But if you feel that way, mm -hmm. don't trust your emotions. Just instead move toward the quantity time and trust. I mean, honestly, God is the one who wants to restore your marriage if right. you're feeling this way. And God is the one who has the power to. And maybe you're feeling this way. You're, you want you want the restoration to happen and your spouse doesn't, then I would urge you to pray, to pray that your spouse would understand, to pray because God is really ultimately the one that can truly change hearts. Right. I think when it comes down to it, everybody's core desire is to be seen, mm. to be heard, to be loved, to be validated. And to be known. Yes. And all that really 
can only come from God. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That is our soul's desire is to be connected to God. We also have a spouse, and those are the things that we can also do and show and express to our spouse to say, hey, I see you. Hey, I love you. Hey, this has no strings attached. I want to get to know you. I see you. Mm. I validate you. Yeah. So we would encourage you. I mean, hopefully that's encouraging and that you can begin there. But we highly, highly recommend counseling. Right. I think there used to be maybe there still is with some people a stigma against counseling. But for both Christina and I, we've been to counseling and we've been to counseling because we all have a lot of junk in our trunks. We do. We do. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, from our childhood, from experiences in life. And a lot of times your conflict in marriage or maybe the reason you're feeling the way you are is because there's just stuff that you need to deal with. And maybe it's not even about the other person. Maybe it's actually about you True. and the stuff that you Steve. need to deal yeah. with. Right. So we would highly recommend counseling. There's don't have a stigma against it because it's 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 one of the best things that you can do to work through some of this. Right. And I want to talk to those too and address the people who have tried counseling and maybe they weren't really happy with their counselor. Mm. I'll share a story of mine where I went to counseling to deal with some relationship issues that I was having with my mother-in-law and mm. I went to a counselor for six sessions and literally nothing happened. Mm. I was like, I don't know if she really even understands what's going on. So I was like, well, that was kind of useless. And thankfully, I was in the counseling program at that time. And so I actually needed to go see another counselor as part of one of my courses. And this lady, it was like, man, I sat down and she was like, what's going on? I'm like, oh, I'm fine. Nothing. I'm just doing this because I have to. And she looked at me and she was like, how is your relationship with your mother-in-law? And I was like. <laughs> <laughs> and I like started crying yeah, yeah. and it was like such an amazing like six week session of just her helping me explore and get really to the root of things so I hear y'all I know counseling can be inexpensive it can be an investment and mm. all of that but it is worth it and if you've tried and it doesn't seem to be working maybe you can get referred to another counselor yeah not every counselor is the same right uh, the other thing that we'll do, and we'll, I mean, honestly, go to inbetween.org slash episode 58. We're going to link a video there. And we, whether you actually do this exercise or not, just go, and especially if you're going to, go to inbetween.org slash episode 58 and watch this video. It's a video of couples looking at each other for four minutes, just staring into each other's yeah, eyes. They're not supposed to say anything. They're not supposed to get up or move. Literally just sitting there looking at each other. And didn't you think it was fascinating just to see like, I mean, so everybody was awkward. Yes. Even the married couples were super awkward because four minutes is a long time. Ten seconds, sure. One minute goes by. Okay, two minutes goes by and you're like, what are we doing? Mm. But then you start to see the walls breaking down. It was like they were finally seeing each other for the first time. And it was just like, wow, they were being so vulnerable and also being able to acknowledge each other. Yeah, it reminds me of this time where I was speaking at this conference and the host wanted to do an icebreaker. Okay. So he asked us all to get into pairs and to stare at each other for four minutes. Like this exercise. He oh. said it was an exercise he did with his wife. And then he asked us all to pair with one another and 
not talk for four minutes and look into each other's eyes. So it was super uh, awkward. So I was so awful. Yeah. So I was looking for four minutes into this other guy's eyes that I'd never met before. And I wasn't allowed to say anything. And it was so weird. It was really weird. It was really awkward. It was the longest four minutes <laughs> of your life. Not of my life, but it was really long. Right. Longest four minutes of my life was probably the four minutes before I got my vasectomy. <laughs> All right. So let's just, you know, that's just brutal. So it's just yes. one bar lower than that. <laughs> yes. Okay. So compare that. And that's, this was fascinating, right? Compare that to the time we actually tried this together. Mm-hmm. I wanted our four minutes to go longer. It didn't feel long. Honestly, I was like, man, I could I could do this for an hour. Like, I just want to look forever into Christina's eyes. Right. And this is why I'm saying this. Christina and I have we by no means have a perfect marriage. Oh, no. And we still fight and we still are short with each other. And I was even short with her earlier today. And Christina lovingly just looked at me in the eyes and smiled and just went on. Right. I mean, it's just it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Well, you are beautiful, but Thank your you. act was beautiful in that. Right. But but I share that the two stories, because the more you grow together, the more you spend time with one another, it actually spending that four minutes actually is not going to be awkward because we know each other, right? And I think that was the biggest difference. It was the big aha because I thought it was going to be awkward. I thought it was going to be a lot more awkward than it actually was. Right. But it wasn't. No, we just stared and we started smiling and laughing. And then the four minutes ended and double S happens. (laughs) (laughs) Fall S, y'all, if you want to do this to woo your spouse. Go double S. (laughs) Watch the video and, you know, see what happens. Yeah. All right, last point, the season of being an empty nester, which we have a ton of experience in. Oh, yeah, like living in every <laughs> single day with yeah. three kids under our roof. Yeah, obviously, we have no personal experience with this season of life, but we are blessed to know many of our friends' parents and even our own parents that are navigating this stage of life. We have heard many, many people go through periods of hard times, mm. usually the seven-year itch. And then a few other times. And another big one is at the empty nester stage or at the period of retirement. Mm, Yeah, you're right. So this is something I think that, you know, maybe not a ton of our listeners are in this season, but I think it's something that we need to continue to be aware of. Yeah, I love what your parents do in that they still have a consistent date night where, where they'll go out. I mean, they could just stay at home, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. They have no yeah. <laughs> kids begging for more food or running around and, you know, putting spaghetti in, in their hair or anything. But they both really enjoy eating out. Hmm. And so they have chosen Saturday night to go and to go to a restaurant. And then nobody has to cook. Nobody has to clean up. They buy enough food that they can bring home leftovers and have that for Sunday lunch. Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> it's, it's awesome, cute. especially when we're there. Yeah. And it's like, oh, they went out the other night. <laughs> it was like, oh, sweet. Chinese food leftovers. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, mom. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure the owners are like, why are they? Why are two people ordering six dishes? Because <laughs> <laughs> we love to eat. What you talking about? <laughs> yes, exactly. And what I love about that is it's given us a model to look forward to. It's given us ideas to have, and obviously, it's going to look different for us, right? When we're when we're empty nesters as well. But it's encouraging to see others model this and move forward in this. Mm-hmm. 
We've also seen some of our friends' parents take up a new sport together or a different activity, and that way that they're learning something and enjoying time with one another. I know, Daniel, you're so excited about the possibility of me being able to finally have the time to learn golf. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and wherever we travel to, bring our golf clubs and go play 18 holes somewhere. Yeah, and I think what differs this from the time we learned squash was that squash were against each other. Yes, golf we can be for one another. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The only person I'm trying to beat is myself, right? That's the kind of sport I need. (laughs) Or else I go crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Another way we've heard empty nesters enjoy spending time with one another is to have a common goal. So one of our friends' parents has the goal of touching foot in every American state. They're going to plan to travel around this goal and they're they're working toward it. So the thing is, in every season of life, because we go through multiple once the important thing is to continue to date your spouse continue to work on your marriage because ultimately by doing that not not only will it prevent your marriage from drifting but you'll actually move toward a deeper depth of love a deeper experience of love as well yeah but i think you know sometimes you're like i don't even know how we can go deeper than we actually are but there is there is that that seasoning, kind of the you know the the aging of a wine that happens over the years. It's just the, the 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 flavors that develop as a result. I mean that that whole illustration, that analogy. I mean I wouldn't know because it's not like we know what a five hundred dollar wine, <laughs> <laughs> right? We don't really have experience with that. But I mean you know it's I just love the illustration of that. Right, that idea of aging, that idea of maturation, that idea of fuller flavor. And I think as you continue to date your spouse, that's what ends up happening. Yes. And not only are you investing into your own marriage through this, I know that you're investing even into your kids' marriage. Yes. Into your kids' relationships, into your grandkids' relationships, Mm. into the relationships around you, in your neighborhood, in your church, in your community that we have shared time and time again, that that's why we believe in building strong marriages because that does happen to build strong families as well and that we can be the light of the world and the salt of the earth just by being together. Yes. That is going against the trend in that way that, you know, whether you grew up in a Christian home or didn't, whether you go to church or don't, the divorce rates are pretty much the same. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of it is the fact that we've woken up and realized, I don't know this person Mm. and I'm kind of tired of trying to. So let's not do that, guys. Yeah. Let's fight for our marriage. Yeah. Let's take that time to continue to invest in one another because we know the return of investment is going to be greater than what we've put in. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Now, next week, we're going to be talking about how to love your in-laws, learning ways to love your in-laws. So that's going to be a fun episode. If you missed our, what was it, episode three? Yeah, way back in the day. How to not hate your in-laws. I think it's still one of our top episodes. It definitely is. So go back and listen to that if you haven't yet. And then next week, we'll be back with a new episode on learning to love your in-laws. So thanks again for listening in. And if there's anyone that's come to mind, right, we'd love it if you share this episode. But most of all, we would love to hear or even see the date that you all have, right? So tag us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, share with us what your date is going to be this upcoming week at In Between Show, and we'll catch you guys next week. 
This episode was brought to you in part by United We Pray. United We Pray is a podcast devoted to praying and thinking about racial strife, especially between Christians. Come join us in praying for the unity of God's people.